Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, Freedom Church. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming out today. So stoked that you would take time out of your busy lives to come and give honor to the Lord's Day. Hey, uh, before we jump in real quick, hey, it's Grandparents Day. Raise your hand if you're a grandparent right now. All right. How many of you would you have had them first if you had to do over again? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, so, hey, thanks for the grandparents here today. We love you guys, and I enjoy being that myself. Uh, before I jump into the message this weekend, just real quick, I want you to, uh, we have a new app, and we're just trying all the time trying to improve things here, and I want you to know that. And uh, what we're going to start doing next week, for some of you, I know sometimes you don't have that. We're going to make sure that we have a few copies of the outline at the info desk. If you don't do the whole technology thing, that's just fine. Starting next Sunday, if you just want to have a hard copy, you can get it at the info desk. Other than that, use the app. It's going to be on there. But take and use the QR code up on the screen and get the new app. There's a lot of different features on it. If you just take your, if you have a smart device, and they're going to put it up there. I think they are, the QR code for that. There it is. They're going to leave that up there for a minute. Take and let your, get your phone out get that, sign up on that because it's a way that you can serve, you can give, you can get the message notes, past sermons, different things like that. It has a great plethora of things that can be used as we enjoy our church family together. Uh, but also, I want to share something with you real quickly. October 8th and 9th, Friday and Saturday, Shannon and I are going to be leading a marriage retreat up at the uh, retreat center at Center Hill Lake. It's where we hold our men's retreat. Also, where the ladies just with, with their ladies retreat this past weekend. So we would like to invite 30 couples, only 30 couples. That's what it, we're going to have. And uh, so with, if you would like to be a part of that, it's first come, first serve. You'll go out to the kiosk out in the lobby. Uh, you can find out information on that. But once again, first come, first serve. We would love to be with you on that. It'll be the one night's accommodation on Friday night. It's a great time of the year. A couple of great meals. They have great food there. And we're going to spend some time in a few sessions and fellowship and getting to know one another. And we want to encourage you in your marriage. So if you'd like to be a part of that, do that. But today, as we kick off this brand new series together, I'm stoked about it, Living Life on Purpose. And that's what I want you to do. That's what I want to do. That's what we're created for. And with that being said, over these 40 days, starting tomorrow, really, starting today and through these 40 days, the lights is going to come on for many of you. But I want to kick it off today talking about why I am alive. I remember in 1985, I was an iron worker. How many of you know what an iron worker is? Raise your hand. I was a connector. I was the crazy guy that would get up there and walk the beams like this right here, you know, and it would be 100 foot straight down, you know, and I didn't think anything about it. I couldn't do it now for anything, you know, if I, even if I wanted to. But I was a connector, and I connected a lot of large buildings in Nashville, well over 100 feet tall, and enjoyed doing that at that time in my life. I would not now. But anyway, they called me the weatherman, the, the crew did, and you say, why did they call you that? Because I would always tell them when I thought the rain was going to come in the summertime with different kind of storms and stuff because I grew up in my father's home and my daddy was kind of like that and I'd listen to him and I would watch certain things about how the weather would come in and so they got to cutting up and calling me the weatherman. So on this particular day, we had topped the building out. I'm up on the penthouse 
of the very top of it, and I'm punching bolts. What that means is I would take a steel pin, and I would take my beater, which is a hammer, it's six pounds, and you put it in the holes, and you, you would line it up, and you'd punch bolts to, to tighten them up and get the building all ready for the next ones to come in and begin to finish it out. Well, that day, we knew storms were coming in, and they asked me, they says, hey, T, when's the, when's the weather coming? I said, I said, I believe it's going to hit about 3 o'clock today. Well, I was up there punching bolts after lunch, and I think it was around 2 o'clock it got there a little early. But I put my bullpen in, and I started swinging my hammer, and I was doing this right here with it. And next thing I know, something popped, and something grabbed me right here and held me there just for a split second, and then just it let go, and I come down like this, and I thought, what was that? And next thing I know, Margo, our pusher, with a crew, not a drug pusher, but we called him a pusher, you know, because he pushed the crew. Margo started saying a lot of choice words telling us to get off the building and get off of it now. I took and spun my hammer like this. You do it like that so it don't break the handle and threw it to the ground just to get off the building quicker. When I got down there, I went over to my hammer, my beater, and I, I started to touch it, and I could feel the heat coming off of it before I even touched it. I knew if I touched it, it was going to scald my hand. And I said, Margo, I said, what happened? He said, I'll tell you what happened to you. He said, I saw a blue flame come off your hammer this long. So you have officially met Thor in person. <laughs> right? So it did. He said, a blue flame come off my, I said, you're telling me, I said, light. He said, what else could it be T? He said, a blue flame this long come off the end of your hammer. And that was a start in my life for God really trying to get my attention of why I'm living. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you here are like me? You've had a near-death experience. Raise your hand. A lot of people. Last service, too. Um, God began to line and orchestrate some things up in my life to try to help me understand why that I was alive. I love the quote by Mark Twain. Mark Twain says this. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. Isn't that amazing? So over these 40 days, we're going to take a look at our lives, and we're going to figure out the purposes of God. The five purposes of God, when you look at the Scripture, is worship. God plans you for His pleasure. Also, fellowship. God formed you for His family, God's family. Also, discipleship. You and I in discipleship are to be learners. That's what it means to be a disciple. You are, to, you are created to become like God's Son, Jesus Christ. But also, ministry. You're thinking, well, am I shaped for ministry? Yes, you are shaped to be able to serve God. But also, evangelism. That is, mission. Evangelism just simply means good news. And I don't know about you, but it's really good news when I gave my life to Christ. And I love telling people about that, my experience. And you're able to do that as well. That's why you're made for a mission. So today, what I want to do, kicking this off, I want to be able to address three particular questions. And the first question is this, the question of our existence. Why am I alive? Now, it's not a new question. When you look at the prophet Jeremiah in his dark, dim book, other than Jeremiah 29, 11, then that highlighted verse in there, he said this, thousands of years ago in chapter 20 and verse 18. He said, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. How many of you ever felt like that? Your life is filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. That's the way Jeremiah felt. Someone said this one time. They said, I hope my life isn't a joke because I don't get it. One. The rest of you will get it on the way home on that one. But anyway, no, I don't get it. But anyway, uh, listen to me. A life without purpose is just existence. Grab that. A life without purpose is just simply existence. But to know God 
is to understand that every single one of us living and breathing has an assignment. We have a destiny. We have a purpose. And God wants us to live that out for His glory. People are trying to take God out of the equation and everything in this country. Would you agree with that? They're trying to say God's not real and all those kind of things. And we're actually living. Stats are just shocking the other day. I read some new stats of a poll they took across the nation. We are truly in a post modern Christian era like never before. A lot of people, they take that a mystical approach. They think, well, we just look within to see what your purpose is. Home. Now, just crazy. Some kind of mystical approach. I look inside of myself. But the philosophical approach, that's where people will go a lot of times. And the purpose of life is you just try to stay alive. You just try to live as long as you can. You be sure that you eat right, you exercise, and all those kind of things, and live as long as you can. <laughs> that's what a philosophical approach is. How many of you ever heard of the rap artist Ice-T? Raise your hand. Those are the rappers in the audience that just raised their hands. If you ever hear their car bumping, you'll know why they raised their hand. But anyway, he said the only reason that we're here is to reproduce. Okay? Grab that. Just chill out and reproduce. Just keep the species alive, he says. Materialist people, they say that the only reason that we're here is to be able to accomplish and have acquisition of a lot of things. And a lot of people are running after a lot of things. The only problem with that is, is that those who dies with the most toys, they still, they still die. Then somebody's arguing over the nice toys, right? So, but then there's that self-help approach. There's, if you go and you look on the bookshelves, there are hundreds and hundreds of books that have been written about self-help there's all kinds of blogs written about self-help. There's podcasts you can listen to about self-help. And then they talk to you about discovering your purpose. You invent your purpose. You create your own purpose. You run after your dreams. You go after your goals. You aim high. You don't give up. You believe that you can achieve. You have faith and you run after it. Listen, you can make yourself successful just by having that positive mind. But understand, if you run after those things, you don't give up. Success and purpose is totally two different things. You can be a raving success, but you still don't know why you're alive. You still don't know why you exist. You don't know why you're breathing. And it's time that you understand that all of us that are created in God's image, that we go from success to significance. Look at the person next to you and say, it's time. It's time, church. So... Until, you know, I, I just want you to grab this. You were made by God, for God, and, and for his purposes. And until you understand that in your being, your life truly will never make sense. Now, I want to share something with you, and, and I'm going to commentate through it so they don't flag it on, on, on the social media of what we have it running on. But anyway... How many of you have ever been asked those hard questions by your kids and you just want to run out of the room? Raise your hand. They want to ask you about babies and all that kind of stuff. Well, this even goes further, and I think it's really a great clip from Everybody Loves Raymond that we really often ask these questions. Check this out. Allie? Hey. Hi, Daddy. Hi. What you doing? Just playing with my dolls. Oh, good. Good. Listen, um, the other day you, you asked questions about babies and stuff. When you started sneezing? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, anyway, 
<laughs> I was wondering if you wanted to talk about that now. Okay. Good. Good. How many of you have had this talk before? Raise your hand. i to explain a few things. Okay. Okay, here's what happens. When a man and a woman love each other very much, they get married. And then sometimes they decide to make a baby. Why are there babies? Right, right. Okay, I'm gonna get to that. Okay. What a man and a woman do is... No, I mean, I know that the man and the woman have to do something, but... Why are we born? Why has God put us here? <laughs> you ever had that question? <laughs> because that's what? How, would, how many of you would have a hard time answering that? Um, raise your hand. Be honest. Why does God want us here? Yeah, why? <laughs> why are we here, Daddy? Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> talk about sex? <laughs> you, ever, you ever hear the word fallopian? <laughs> okay, all right. Here we go. Okay, you really want to know why God wants us here first? That's a good question. You see, God is up in heaven and, well, honey, it's very crowded up there. It is? Y yeah, yeah. And, and you don't want to be in heaven if it's crowded, right? I mean, remember when we went to Disney World, how crowded that was? Huh? I mean, it was fun, but it was too crowded, right? So God, he sends us down to earth for a little while to ease the heavenly congestion. <laughs> He's good, right? God want us here? Why are we alive? I want us to check out Proverbs 16 and 4. Look what it says. It says, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. 
Basically, if you think about that, every rock, every tree, every plant, every animal, every human being, God is made for a purpose. So right now, as long as the person you're sitting by has a heartbeat, and you do too, God has you still here for a purpose and a reason. Look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. He says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Say, loved us and chose us. Now, what did he do that for? In Christ to be what? What's that word? Holy. holy. Some of you probably sitting beside somebody that wasn't too holy before they got here, right? <laughs> they, somebody might have flipped, you might have flipped them off in traffic because they cut you off in traffic. You know, instead of slinging a bird, sling a prayer, you know. But anyway, he wants us to be holy. He wants to be holy. And what else does he want us to do? Look what it says, and without what? What's that word? What's that? Fault. He wants us to be without fault in his eyes. So basically, I want you to say to God about the question of existence, why am I alive? I want you to look up to heaven and I want you to say this with, with me. I was created by, I was created to be loved by you, God. Here we go. I was created to be loved by you, God. So another question, the question of significance. Does my life matter? Does my life matter? I, I want to ask this question, and I want you to be vulnerable, please. How many times in your life have you been like me, and I'm being vulnerable too, have you felt like that your life didn't matter? Raise your hand. Please do that. I think a whole lot of us, a whole lot of us have felt like that before. We didn't feel like that life really mattered very much and, and that we didn't matter very much. Listen to what Isaiah the prophet says in chapter 49. He says, my work all seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose. Isaiah felt that way thousands of years ago. And so you were made for meaning and purpose in life. Isaiah was. Everybody is. And you're going to go through life and really you're going to live at one of three levels. You say, what do you mean? First off, a lot of people, and most people, I believe, live on the survival level. That's where most people are at. They're just getting by. They're just existing. They're not really living. Basically, they live their life in a way that they are simply controlled by their circumstances on a daily basis, their survival level. But also, the success level, that's where a whole lot of you are at right now by the world's standards, and you have it made. You have a comfortable living. You are, you're living, you've got a lot of possessions, you live in a fashionable zip code, you've got uh, 2.3 kids, a white picket fence, and a BMW, kind of, so to speak. But with that being said, you have freedom, you have prestige. Maybe you're quite successful, but you're really unfulfilled in that success. You say, well, why is that, Pastor? Because it takes more than success and status to be able to be satisfied in our soul. There's a, 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 just a, a God-shaped hole in our heart and life. Once you fill it with Christ, you fill it with purpose. But the significance level is where that we need to get to in our lives. And you get there through three things. You know the meaning of life, that gives you significance. You know that you matter to God, that gives you significance. And you know God's purposes, and you're trying your best to live them out, that gives you significance. Do you know that you matter to God? Look at your person next to you and ask them. Do you know you matter to God? Ask them right now. We all matter to God. Isaiah said in chapter 44, this is what the Lord says, He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. 
He formed you. He made you. He wants to help you. Psalm 139. Listen to what Psalmist says here. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, God paid so much attention to you that he knit you together, he brought your life together, and he took time to record it in his book before you ever breathed your first breath when the doctor spanked you on your bottom. Follow me on this. That's how much you matter to God. He made you to love you, and you matter to God. Don't anybody ever tell you because the circumstances of your birth that you were a mistake, or you're not doing as well as your brother or your sister, or mom and dad looks down on you because you're not doing this or that, or they've said things to you that hurts, and those pains are still going on in your life. You matter to God. God wants you to know the meaning of life, and God wants you to know his purposes for the rest of your life, and he on this earth, but also you are going to use those in eternity. Listen, this is what a lot of people don't get. When you die, it's the end of this physical body, but it's not the end of you. Understand that you'll practice on earth what you're going to do in all of eternity. So when it comes to the question of significance, does my life matter? God, you made me to live forever. Let's tell him that together and look up. God, you made me to live forever. Made, you're made to, to be loved by God, but you're also made to live forever. So listen to me. Don't waste your life by thinking that this is all there is. We get so attached and so focused that this life is all that there is. Understanding this life is the preparation ground for eternity. That's what it is. And you matter so much to God that he wants to keep you and me with him forever. So when we look at the question of existence, why I am alive, you and I are alive because we matter so much to God. He wants us to keep us with him. And he says, that's why you're alive. I made you to love you. When it comes to the question of significance, does my life matter? God says, absolutely so much that I plan on keeping you forever. But there's one more question. And it's the question of intention. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? I want to ask you to be vulnerable one more time. How many of you have ever struggled in your life that you really wondered, what is my purpose for living in this life? Would you raise your hand? Thank you for being honest. I, I want to challenge you to take these next 40 days, starting today, take it serious. Because listen, so many times we don't take serious why our intentions of living really is. And I promise you the light is going to come on for you. And God is going to reveal some things to you unlike never before if you will seek him. So it says here when we look in this, it says God has made you forever. And, and knowing that he has, and we're looking at the question of existence and significance. But also the question of my purpose, why am I here? Psalm 89 and verse 47, listen to what it says. Why did you create us? For nothing? David is having this conversation with God. And the bottom line to it is, if there is no God, it, life really doesn't matter, right? If we just die and we don't exist, life doesn't matter. It's like Atheist Joe. Atheist Joe died all dressed up, no place to go. See, that's that mindset. No, no, no. There is a God, and he made you for a reason. He made you for a purpose. And the only way you're going to find that purpose, listen to me closely, is looking to him. Is looking to him. 
To know what you are is to look to the Creator. To know what you're about and your purpose is to look at the inventor of the life. It is to look at the owner's manual that we understand who we are and why that we were created by God and what the reason is behind our existence in this life. I hope you understand that. That's the only way you're going to find out and know the purpose of your life. Look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, knowledge, listen to this closely, knowledge of the Holy One results in what? What's that word? Knowledge of the Holy One results in understanding as you're seeking Him. You want to understand the meaning of life and your purpose? Here's what it boils down to. I find my purpose by getting to know you, God. Let's say that to Him. I find my purpose by getting to know you, God. That's what we do. It all starts with God and the relationship you have with Him. If all you do is come for a formal religious service on Sunday and you go out and live your life the way you want to and you never seek the face of the Creator of, your, of, of God who created you, then you're missing out on the knowledge of the Holy One that results in understanding. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, say all things, were created by Him and what? What's those next two words? For Him. That's right. You want to know the purpose of your life, you just start getting to know God. And the more that you get to know God, the more you're going to understand God's ways, you're going to understand God's wisdom, and the more you're going to understand your meaning and your purpose for this life that you're living. Understanding God's purposes for your life, it's going to take time. It's not something that's a quick fix. It's not going to be, it's not just give it to me quick and it's over with. No, it doesn't work like that. That's why we're spending 40 days on it. 40 days is, 40 in the number itself is significant in the scripture. You take a look and you look at Noah. Noah was transformed through 40 days of rain. You look at Moses. Moses was transformed through 40 days that he spent on the mountain at Mount Sinai. He come down off the mountain and put a veil over his face because the Shekinah glory was beaming off his face. You think about Jesus. Jesus was transformed in who he was going to be and serve in ministry. He was empowered to do ministry because he spent 40 days in the desert. You look at the disciples. The disciples themselves, they were transformed because they spent 40 days with Jesus. After Jesus resurrected, after being crucified on the cross, he came back to life. So with that being said, I want us to take a look here. At Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 in the message. I love what this says. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are. Did you get that? Who we are. We find out in Christ and what we are living for. And it goes on to say, part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. God has an assignment for me and for you on this earth. In Luke's gospel, chapter 22, Jesus takes them to have the last supper with them. They're, I think they're really, even though Jesus had been telling them what he was going to do and he was going to die and all that, I think they were very ignorant of understanding what was going on according to the scripture. They go into the upper room and they're arguing about who is going to be the greatest among them. That if there's any truth about Jesus going the way, who's going to be the leader of the disciples? 
They wouldn't wash each other's feet. Wouldn't nobody be a lowly servant like that. Jesus goes on in the supper time and he begins to tell them, one of you are going to betray me. And they didn't even understand who the betrayer was. And next thing we know, Jesus looks at Simon Peter in verse 31 in Luke's gospel, chapter 22. And he says, Simon, Simon, why did he relate his name twice? He's trying to get his attention and he's going somewhere with a conversation. He says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Now, why did he call Simon by his name? And did it twice to be sure he had his attention because there was a potential of purpose in Peter, just like there's a potential of purpose in every single one of us in this room and those of you watching online. Understand that Jesus will call you by name in your heart and soul, wanting to have a relationship with you. Why does he do that? Number one is you're special. Look at the person next to you and say you're special. Some of you are thinking, that ain't what you said before we got here. <laughs> anyway, you're special. Every one of you are. Doesn't matter the circumstance of your life. Doesn't matter what people may have said to you that hurt your feelings. Doesn't matter the pain that it's caused. God doesn't waste a pain in your life. You are special. Understand that God calls you out by name when he knocks on your heart and on your life. And here, you know why he does that? And why you're special? Because you present a threat to, to Satan in his dark kingdom. That's why. And he wants to do whatever he can do to be able to sift you. Satan knows God has specifically designed your life for the purpose of bringing God to glory. And Satan doesn't like it. He hates you. He hates everything about you. And he wants to do everything to distract you and get you off course. So what does that mean? You're not only special, you're targeted. You say, really? Oh, yeah, once you come to faith in Christ, once, before you come to faith in Christ, uh, he's got you where he wants you. But once the two-edged sword of the Spirit of God cuts you out of that, Satan doesn't like it when you begin to chase the heart of God. It says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. See, when you look at your life and what he's doing to Peter, but we look at all of us, when hell starts breaking loose in your life and you're trying to live for God, there's a good chance you're headed in the right direction. Satan wants to slow you down. Satan wants to cause situations. He wants to disrupt circumstances. He wants to put problems in your way. He wants to discourage you. He wants you to stop praying. He wants you to stop reading your Bible. He wants you to stop serving. He wants you to stop giving. He wants you to forget church and have nothing to do with it. Whatever Satan can do to get you off track. That's what he's going to do. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you must grip that and own that, that the Spirit of God and me and God together is the majority. You've got to own that and say, you know what, Satan, you can go back to hell where you're going to for eternity. I'm not going to deal with you. Right? Are you with me, church? Man, you're targeted, but we're not limited. Woo! That'll preach right there. Now, that'll tweet too. I don't even have a tweet. I don't even have a Twitter account. I got one, but I'll use it. But anyway, think about that for a minute. What does it mean to be sifted like wheat? What he's saying here is to be able to sift some wheat is to get rid of the chaff, get rid of the tares, get rid of the bad stuff where the, the purity of only the wheat is what's left over. Now, the devil wants to sift you because he doesn't think there's anything to you. 
He doesn't think you're the real deal. He doesn't think that you love God. He doesn't think that you have a purpose. He thinks you are living a fake faith. And it's time that you tell Satan that I am the real deal. I will worship God. I will serve God. I will love God. I will love other people. And I will do everything in my life to give God glory. That's what you have to make your mind up on, church. But see, here's a good part about it. Yes, you're special, and yes, we are targeted. He hates us, y'all. He wants to get us off track. He wants to destroy our families. But you're prayed for. You're prayed for. Look what it says in the Word right here. This is what's awesome. Verse 32, Jesus saying, But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Jesus is pleading in prayer to the Father for Peter and us too. You look at Jesus' discourse of prayer in John's, John's Gospel, chapter 17, how that he was praying for himself, for his disciples, and for all believers. He is making intercession for you and I right now. You know what's amazing to me? Is that there's been times in my life before I got a system down to make sure I didn't forget, but people would ask me to pray for them. they say, Pastor, I got this going on. Would you pray for me? And this and that. And I say, sure, be, be glad to. And all this, and next thing you know, they come back to me, and they say, Pastor, I got to tell you, man, everything worked out great. I'm so glad you prayed for me, knowing in my heart that I forgot. And that's where I thought, thank you, Jesus, that he picks up the slack, doesn't he? Now, I have a way now that I try to keep up with how I need to pray for people, and I put it notes in my phone and all that kind of stuff, but just imagine, even in our humanness, sometimes we forget things. And just imagine the greatness of the Savior, Jesus Christ, praying for us, making intercession for us, and letting us know that he loves us and he's there for us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's going to go with us even to the end of this dirt ball that we walk on each and every day that we call earth. He's praying for us. And that is our great God. And I love him so much for it. Jesus said, why did he pray? He said, that your faith should not fail. You know why? Because he knew Peter was going to deny him. It was just not long after this conversation, Peter was going to deny him. Jesus knows that we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. He says, so when, everybody say, so when. It doesn't say not if. It says, so when you have repented and turned to me again, that is, you have, Greek word metanoia, change of mind. You've turned, you've come back to God. You've returned to the Lord. You've came back to your church family. You've renewed your walk with Jesus Christ. What do you do? You strengthen your brothers. That's where this family comes in that we call Freedom Church, that we strengthen one another. That's why that we promote groups like we do. We promote groups. That's why we gave it to you. Again, we extended it one more week to be able to listen. If you're here and you don't decide to get involved in six months, you're going to leave and say, I didn't, didn't nobody like me there. They never did talk to me. Didn't do it. You've got to make a conscious effort to get involved yourself. We can lead you to water, but we, I can lead you, lead, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make you drink, right? You understand what I'm saying? So I hope you understand what I'm talking about. I want to challenge you to get in one of these groups. Life is going to change for you over the next 40 days. It's going to be amazing. That 2 a.m. friend that you find that you can call at 2 a.m. and they will be there for you. God wants to use you and what you've been through to help somebody else in a group circumstance. Something that you've been through, you can help someone else get through it. God never wants you to waste a pain. God never wants you to waste your hurts. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Some way, another way you can strengthen the brothers and sisters in, our, in, the, in the body of Christ is getting baptized. 
lot of you have given your hearts to Christ personally, but you have not went public with that and said, hey, I'm pulling for Jesus for the rest of my life. I was, I was dead and now I'm alive. And that's what you need to do is be baptized. I want to challenge you, those of you that know that you need to be baptized and go public with your faith, you can invite your friends, your family, and you know what it's going to do? It not only will strengthen them, but it can convict them. And they say, wow, if they can do it, I can too. If they can live for Jesus, I can too. So I want to challenge you. Take this right here and mark on here, October 3rd, love to baptize you at the lake. We're going to have a great big party and celebration. Love, love, love to do that. That's another way that you can strengthen your brothers. I'll tell you something else that's very important. Understanding who you are. I know I very rarely ever talk about a book to read other than the Bible. But this book here, if you have not bought it, I would challenge you to read this book and because I'm telling you, it's chock full of Scripture, and it's a great book for you to help you understand over the next 40 days what your purpose is. You read it, a daily devotional, 40 days, about 15 minutes a day, and just marinate on it. I'm telling you, it can change your very trajectory of your life and help you understand why you are here on this earth. I challenge you to go and pick it up today after this service and start it. And you say, wow. You know, how can that help me? When you understand who you are, you can help guide other people to who they are. But you've got to understand who you are first in Christ. Help strengthen others and seek God for your purpose on earth. You know, uh, when I um, grew up, I was blessed to grow up as a, in, in the church with my parents taking me to church, but they called me terrible terrell i'm just that's what it was because i was just a hellion you would not have wanted to have raised me you would have given me up for adoption i promise you but anyway um i was all the time doing things to get attention i didn't feel like i fit in our youth group didn't feel like i had any friends so i did things to get attention to draw attention to myself and you know exactly what i'm talking about to the point that Coming all the way up through the point I got 18 years old and graduated high school and ended up in jail for 20 days. And that's when God really got my attention. And I'd given my life to Christ when I was 12 years old, but I wasn't living it at all. And I began to pray to seek God in jail. And I, you've heard my story, but for those of you who hadn't, I, I prayed. I said, God, if you'll get me out of the mess I've got myself into, I said, I'll do anything you want me to. The second to that, I said, if you'll send me a good woman that I can marry, that I can serve the rest of my life, I said, I'll raise my family in church. I'll serve them till I die. And when I got out, just a few years later, God began to bring that all together, and Shannon and I got married, and I really began to chase the heart of God. You want to know your purpose, you chase the heart of God. That, that's just what I'm going to tell you. It's what I did. And... Uh, so in 1997 in August, that summer, I wrestled with conviction, God calling me into the ministry. And on the first Sunday of August, 1997, I stood before our church and told them that God was calling me into the ministry. Well, then I began to pursue schooling. You, you don't go to school, then go preach. You get called, then you go to school, then you can go preach. You understand what I'm saying? It's about the calling. God called me. And so uh, in one of my classes, the first book that Rick Warren wrote was this book called Purpose Driven Church. This was the class we did. I never heard of him, never knew the book or anything like about it, but Shannon and I began to read this book together. And it says here, growth without compromising your message and your mission. And God put on my heart 
start a church where people who don't want to go to church will go to church. Let me say that again. Start a church where people that are far from God, people that are unchurched, the church, will want to go to church. So that's what God... called us to do and that's why you're here that's why you're here we're approaching 20 years and I want to ask this question that I didn't plan on I did it in the last year I want to do it. if since you've been here you've given your life to Christ or God has changed your heart would you just take and give God glory and stand to your feet just give God glory stand up and say my life has been changed since I've been at Freedom Church can we give our Savior glory Glory to God. Glory to God. You have a purpose. You have an assignment. You have a destiny that God has made you for. My challenge is to you is don't miss it for the world. And some of you may be thinking, I've got plenty of time, Pastor, to think about this. Oh, really? Do you really? <laughs> I beg to differ. I want you to imagine with me for a moment. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that this rope here goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. But this rope represents the timeline of your life. Because we're eternal beings. When we go into eternity, you're going to live one of two places, heaven or hell. But here's how much time that we have here on this earth. This little red part right here represents the time we have here. And we get so caught up in thinking, man, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to get a college. I'm going to get a good career job. I'm going to have a 401k. And then, man, we're going to retire and really enjoy this part of life. What about this part here? What about eternity? You say, well, what about this? i got to make you decision. What about this? See, one day you're going to go into eternity and there's going to be a couple of questions that God, I believe, is going to ask of all of us. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? I hope you know the answer that you asked him to be the Lord of your life. You were born again, had your registration made in heaven in his book, and you know who you are. You know that you know that, you know that you're a Christian. But then after that, I think he's going to ask us, and there's going to be a judgment to say, what did you do with the gifts, the talents, and abilities they give you? Oh, I didn't think much about it. I was on the beach spending my retirement time here, not really thinking about it. But I want to challenge you. Life is short, people. Life is short. And I don't want you to miss it for the world. That's my heart. Because I love you with all my heart. Get real with God. And I promise you, God will get real with you. Time is short. Would you stand with me as we pray? There's one more scripture here I want to read. Acts chapter 10, verse 35. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. 
you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door's open. Father, we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for this amazing day. I thank you, God, for every person under the sound of my voice here or in the digital world. God, I pray, God, your, your touch be upon their hearts that they will get to know you like never before because they are special. They're being sought after and they're targeted, but you're praying for us. You're making intercession for them. I pray, God, that people are going to seek your face to know their purpose more than anything in this short stint we have on this earth. How many of you here right now really want to pursue God because you're, you're lacking in your purpose as you're seeking, looking at your heart? You want to get close to God and you want to seek Him because you want to know why you're here. Would you just raise your hand and say, I want to do that, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. I want to pray for you and with you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, bless these that lifted your hand to seek your face, especially over these 40 days, and God, be able to find out why they exist and their purpose to bring you glory. Bless them in that endeavor as they get close to you. Maybe you're here and you haven't made that decision for Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and you feel the conviction on your soul right now. I'm so glad you're here, and everybody else is too. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. You want to be the best the best husband, the best father. You want to be the best mom or dad or brother or sister or whatever. It comes with being in line with Jesus and knowing him in your heart to become everything he created you to be. If he's knocking on your heart's door right now and you've never given your life to him, would you just lift your hand real high right now and say, I need to give my life to him today. I know that's why I'm here. I need to receive Jesus as Lord. Just lift your hand real high. Across the auditorium, just lift it and say, yes, I need to receive Jesus as Lord today. Right, we're going to pray. No one prays alone. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. May we know and make you the Lord of our lives. Forgive us of our sins. May we be born again. We believe in you. You came, you lived, and you died. Save us. Our life is yours. Ask for the Holy Spirit of God as you've received Him, and He will lead you on this journey. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for letting us know why we're alive. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for Jesus. And in His name we pray, and everybody says, Amen. Let's give the Lord glory today, church. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, if you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and um, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out.